You're listening to the Collective Church Podcast. To learn more about the Collective Church in Portland, Oregon, and Vancouver, Washington, visit us online at thecollectivechurch.com. James chapter 1. I want to talk a little bit this morning about temptation and a little bit about guardrails this morning. And just some very practical, um, pastoral, I think, not <laughs> tips, tips is not the right word, um, instruction really on what the Bible has to say about temptation and also how we can walk in wisdom. There we go. And we can walk in wisdom and integrity. Amen. Bible says that in, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14, it says that he forever made perfect. Well, actually, it says, for by that one offering, which is what John Harvey, John, thank you for that, that exhortation about communion. Matt Hammond, thank you for the best communion in town. Probably the West Coast. Potentially America. <clears throat> yeah. Dude, if I was a kid, <laughs> I would crush the rest of this bowl after everyone left. We just had those little, you know, the little little cups and the <clears throat> Man. I don't even know what I would have done. So for by that one offering, he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. So it's this it's a two-part sanctification. We were instantly sanctified. You know, John, John Harvey said, and John Harvey is doing an incredible job leading our men, and um, just ordered a new ping pong table for men's night. <clears throat> and I'm about to show you that I'm also the pastor of ping pong. <laughs> I don't want to brag, but <laughs> you always know who had a table growing up when you, when you get on the table. It's like... Yep, we had one as a kid. Yes, yes, we did. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm we're we're way off on this. I'm trying to get through one verse here. <clears throat> so it's progressive sanctification, and what John was saying was, you know, if if you don't know Jesus this morning, just simply place your faith in Jesus. This is not a formula. There's not a prayer that we have to pray. It's believing in Jesus and pl- placing our faith in Jesus. And, and, and coming into right relationship with him. And so, you know, at that moment when we place our faith in Jesus and we confess him as Lord, we, um, there's a sanctification process that happens. And, and in, in, that, in that instant, in that moment, we are made right with Christ. It's called righteousness. We become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And now we, we start walking out this process of the Christian life, this journey that we're on. And I love what, what Britt said last week. He talked about, you know, as a church, we've been, and he was talking about the church at large. He wasn't talking about the collective church, but he was talking about the church at large and saying, you know, every five minutes we have to remind, we're always reminding people, your sons and daughters were loved. We're sons and daughters were loved. He's like, that's really good. It's such a foundational truth, but basically like it's time to go further in our discipleship process. Like, so that now we're, we're operating and we're living out of that place of sonship and we're, we're living out of that place of that we are loved. 
Does that make sense? And when he said it, it made so much sense to me. It's almost like we, 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 can, we can get stuck there. And so there's this progressive sanctification that, that God has us in. And um, so this morning, you know, we want to talk about, I want to talk about temptation. I want to talk about guardrails. I want to talk about some things in this process of, of the Christian life. We're, we're going to tell our story again really soon here because we tell it about once a year. And, and our story is, is and I'm not going to tell the story, but we learn so much through our story, uh, so much um, with what we went through in this area, in the area of, of temptation and of guardrails. And so I want, I want to read this to you in, in James chapter 1. Verse 12, because we all want to grow, amen? We want to grow. We want to, we want to progress. We want to, we want to look back in six months and say, I'm further along than I was six months ago. I'm, I'm more in love with Jesus than I was six months ago. I'm sweeter than I was six months ago. I have more patience and kindness and the fruit of the Spirit because I've been watering, I've been tending to my heart with the Word of God and with the presence of God, and it's been tending. And because I've been allowing the Holy Spirit to, to work in my life, and because, because Jesus is the master gardener, he's been allowed to garden and to pull the weeds and to prune things back that, that maybe aren't all bad, but are preventing growth, but are, but are preventing us from becoming who God's called us to be. And so we're all in a process. No one's arrived. If they say they have, run for the hills. They haven't. We're all in a process. That's why humility is so important, to be able to come to the table and, and to realize that we have blind spots and to realize that we don't know everything and to realize that, that we're on a journey. And, that, and um, I was giving Heather a hard time this week because she, she said like three different things to me, and I remember all of them exactly. Um, and my first response was, I said, and this is sassy and this is bad. And, and actually, I was with... We were with some teenagers, and actually Lexi Van Winkle, who will probably be in the next service, she looked at me and she said, Pastor Ben. Because <laughs> Heather said something to me, and I said, okay, Mom. <laughs> okay, Mom. Thanks, Mom. Three times this week I said that to Heather. Like, how rude is that, Jessica? <laughs> she should have slapped me, huh? Yeah. Um, but you know what she was seeing? She was seeing a blind spot. She was seeing a blind spot, and she actually was pointing something out that I wasn't even recognizing. So we're all in a process of discipleship. We're all in this place of humility, hopefully, <laughs> humility where we can receive. And that's why community is so important because we're surrounded by people and we all have blind spots. And so we all have strengths and we all have giftings. And, and then we, there, it's, like this, it's like there's a beach ball in the middle of the sanctuary, a beach ball hanging down. And we're all looking at the beach ball, you know, and I say, I say, Josh, Josh, what color is the beach ball? And Josh goes, well, it, Ben, it's obviously, it's green and white. And I, and I say, well, I see no green and white. I see only yellow and blue. And, 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 and Brad over here, he's like, no, 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 guys. Guys, it's, it's purple and black. And I'm like, I do not see purple and black. So in our giftings and in our strengths and in community and in the fivefold the fivefold ministry like 
Last week was so beautiful to have the office of an evangelist. Of, I mean, that, that missionary heart, that evangelist heart, that's like, let's get off our butts, church. Like we're, under, we're sitting under the bowl of provision. Our lamp is under a bowl of provision. We're drunk on provision. Let's take, off, take the bowl off and let's light the way. That was so healthy for us. Now, if we heard that kind of sermon 365 or 52 times a year, we would not be healthy. That wouldn't be healthy. So, so we need the pastor. We need the teacher. We need the evangelist. We need the apostle. You know, Pastor Bob and Jenny ap- really operate in that apostolic gifting. And so when they speak, there's a different tone and tenor. But we all come together and we're all better for it. We all sharpen each other. I mean, even in our meetings, um, it's like, I think we should do this. And someone will say, no, I don't think we should do this. Well, I think we should do it this way. No, no, I think we should do it this way. And it's not bad. And there's, and it's not, it's, it's, an, we have intense fellowship, but it's because we all see things differently. And then what we do is we yield to one another in love. We yield to one another in love. And then Heather makes the decision. <clears throat> yeah. So we need, we need the, the full counsel of God to grow. James chapter 1, I'm going to read this uh, verse, starting in verse 12. It says, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. It says, and remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. Folks, God does not tempt people. That is not the nature of God. You know, could you imagine if, if, if as a father, I would put something inappropriate on the television and say, hey, kids, come in here, and then I sneak off. Now, what are they going to do? That's called, that's called evil. That's called manipulation. That's gross. So our, our Heavenly Father does not... That's not how he leads his children through, through temptation. He says, um, God is never tempted to do wrong. And he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires which entice and drag us away. Then these desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow... It gives birth to death. There's so much in that. We're not going to get to unpack all of that. But that is the progression of sin. That's what happens. It's in our own desires. It's in our own uh, nature, our, the, the sin nature, which we've been, which we were, our endemic nature in which we were born with. And so what happens is if we feed the flesh, you know, Galatians talks about this. And Galatians talks, uh, in fact, we can, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn there really quick because um, I, I, I want you to see this. Uh, go to Galatians chapter 5. Come on, Bible pages, turn. Uh, Britt and Audrey, they, they, loved, they loved hearing the, the paper Bibles. It says this, it says, 
Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Oh, isn't that good? There's the antidote. I'm gonna, well, let's do it again. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. So you're like, oh, man, I am, I am just under attack lately. I just am so tempted lately. I'm just under attack of the devil. Well, it actually just could be your sinful nature. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just our sinful nature. That's just our flesh is just being fed. And we're re- actually renewing our mind to the flesh. Just renewing our mind. Just renewing our mind. Just feasting on things of the world. Is this just, for, this must be just for me, Brittany and Ian. So, this is, this is just for me. This is, that's okay. I need this. You can all listen in. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit, check this out. The spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. Oh, there's a key here. There's a key here. If, if, if we're not tempted, if God's not tempting us and, and we're actually, temptation is, is when our own desires, is when we're, we're drawn away by our own desires and enticed. And then when, when it's, the Bible says then when it conceives, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is full grown, it brings forth death. Affairs, affairs don't just happen. It's like, man, I just, I walked in, my, my clothes blew, blew up off my body. I had no, her, her clothes blew off her body. And I don't know what happened. It just, it just happened. I, I know there was a precipitation of our own desires. This is when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is full grown, it brings forth death. So it's a process and we're told in Galatians how, how we could actually, how the Holy Spirit wants to come in and interrupt that process. And it's by the spirit man. Because the spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. Can I show you one more? I'm, I wasn't even planning on this one, but I, I got to show you one verse. Um, it's so good. It's, it's one of my favorites. If you're at my house church last, this last Wednesday, you heard me say it. It says... Dear uh, Philippians 2.12, Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I, I am away, it is even more important to work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. Most people I know stop right there, and they, leave, and they just let that verse hang. And it can become a little bit legalistic, to be honest with you. It's like, the, okay, I'm going to work this out with fear and trembling. Okay, I don't. Okay, showing the results of my salvation. Okay, I know that there's good in there. I know that there's gospel in there, but it seems like I'm just work. Okay, what do I do? We we leave out verse 13. It's the most important verse. It says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So, So this is how good God is. God's like, I want you to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. I want you to, to be who I've called you to be. John and Brenda, I want you to start doing all the things I've called you to do. Go. Oh, by the way, I'm actually planting the desire in you, and then I'm giving you the operational power and energy to do it. That's the gospel. That's how good the gospel is. 
He doesn't leave us high and dry. How many have ever worked for a boss that gave you really vague instructions and said, go? My friend and I worked for a guy who had two, two lazy eyes, and his eyes were going like this. And we were both standing there, and he would say, okay, I want you to do this and that. And I was like, uh, which one? I don't know. I don't know who you're talking to or where, <laughs> what's happening. <laughs> who is it? Who is it? That's what, that's what the scripture is. If we don't add, if we don't add the second part. So when it comes to temptation, okay, we're, we're back to Galatians. It says, these two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under, under obligation to the law. Of Moses, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. So this is when, when you allow temptation, which is actually just your own desires, when you're actually drawn away. Drawn away from what? The heart of the Father. Drawn away what? By the presence of God. This is why we stick close. This is why we say things like lean in. This is why we say it's important to be in fellowship. It's important to be in worship. It's important to be, it's like, well, today wasn't the, wasn't the very, very best worship service. Those weren't my favorite songs. And it was, I didn't get goosebumps or tingles today. Lean in, lean in. You know, not every kiss that Heather and I have is explosive. But my God, there are some that are just, (laughs) no, I'm just kidding. I'll stop there. But you know what it does every day? Hug, kiss, what are we doing? We're building patterns of intimacy. We're staying close. Our hearts are staying close together. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. So, so I'm, I'm not even advocating, and we're going to get to a couple other verses of, about temptation, but so often we focus on the temptation. We focus on how do I stay away and, and what accountability software should I put on my phone? And what, and, and you can have the, the greatest accountability software on your phone and your heart can be ice cold and you will find a way. And I, 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 listen, I, I don't want to give you ideas and I don't want to plant things in your heart, but you can get to pornography through the Bible app. I'm just saying. I'm not trying to give anybody, I'm just saying, if the heart is wicked, you, can, you will find what you're looking for. If, if there is, if desire is, 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 is a, contrary to the desires of God, you can get places. You're, you're, go, you're going to get what you want to get because that desire, listen, lust is never satisfied. Lust never pushes back from the, the dinner table and says, I'm full, I've had enough. It always demands more. It always demands more. That's why, you, that's why you see people, then you say, 
how did you get there? How did you get to this point? And then they say, I don't know how I got here. I don't know, I don't know how I got to this point. I don't know how. I have no clue. I, this, is not, this is not where I wanted to be. This is not, I, I did not intend to be here. But it's because the desire has taken them further than they wanted to go, cost them more than they were willing to pay, and has kept them longer than they wanted to stay. And literally, the devil goes, that was my plan all along, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's, that's his plan. This is every day. But the Holy Spirit produces the, this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Isn't that good? Thank you, Jesus. And then we go back to James chapter 1. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. What a word picture there, drag us away. Really, some, a lot of times against our own, our own desires that we've had in the past. Godly desires. And when sin is allowed to grow, it brings birth to death. Don't be misled, dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect comes down to us from God, our Father who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word, and we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. So the, the word of God and the presence of God and the Holy Spirit come in and as we meditate on the word of God, and as we allow ourselves to soak in the Holy Spirit. I just heard a lady the other day called, um, use the, the, the term pickling, that we have to be pickled in the Holy Spirit. And I loved that. I love that because it changes everything. Like you can't unpickle something. Can you? I didn't think so. You just got to eat it. That's right. You just got to eat it. So as we, we're just pickled in the word of God, which, which is a, that the, the, the word of God washes over our heart and it tends to the soil of our heart and it allows the seeds of the word to go down deep and to produce a harvest. That's what the word of God does and it begins to change the very desires of our heart and then as the Holy Spirit is allowed to operate in our lives and we're in communion with the Holy Spirit, then he implants the desires. Actually, I believe this, that all the seeds of the fruit of the spirit are already inside of us. And what happens is as we're in the presence of God, as, as we're in communion with the Holy Spirit, as we're in the word of God, it's watering and tending to those seeds so that we can produce the harvest that we just read about in Galatians, which is what we actually want, by the way. We want joy, we want peace, we, peace, we want patience and self-control and goodness and whatever, whatever the other ones are, Miss Heather. Faithfulness, gentleness, when you're a children's pastor, you have to know all of those. 
Um, on a practical level, um, let's, go, let's go to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 2. I mean, that's, that's, that's very practical as well. But I want to... I we're given two... Because like in the, in the moment, Joseph, Joseph had to run. Joseph had to run. And um, when, when Potiphar's wife came after him and said, lay with me, Joseph had a choice there. Joseph, Joseph ran. There's sometimes that we don't, we don't actually, we don't even negotiate with sin. We just, we run. We get out of there. We hightail it. Everybody said? Second Timothy 2. Actually, we're going to start in verse 20. It says this. In a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver, and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are from anthropology. Oh, sorry. No. No, sorry. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions, and the cheap ones are for everyday one, are for everyday use. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. I think that is our desire, isn't it? To be clean, to be, um, and I love how it says to keep yourself pure because we're already pure as, as you know, our spirit man is already in a, in a, in a state of purity with our, you know, the, the, the blood of Jesus is First uh, John chapter, uh, First John tells us that the blood of Jesus is continually cleansing us from all unrighteous. So, so our spirit man is clean. So then it says, keep yourself pure. Now, I believe that that's talking about our mind, our will, our emotions, our, our body. It's saying, now you're going to have to, I, I'm keeping your spirit man pure. I'm giving you these desires. I'm implanting. Now I want you to keep yourself pure. That, that's, that's what my eyes are going to look like look at. That's the things I'm going to say. That's the places that I'm going to go. That's the things I'm going to ponder. What's going through my mind, the things that I'm going to touch, the things that I'm going to put in my mouth. Those, those are all things where, where he's, where, um, Paul's telling Timothy, now keep yourself pure. Um, and you're going to be ready for the master to use you for every good work. And then this is an easy verse to remember Two Timothy 2.22. Which is almost the date. In two days, it'll be two twenty-two twenty-two. So, which is this is yeah, Second Timothy two twenty-two it says, "Run." I'm gonna say, "Run." Shout it out. Say, "Run." Run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. I'm just going to read this. You don't have to turn here, but 1 Corinthians 10, verse 12. This is a fantastic passage of scripture. It says, if you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. That's good to know. Because the enemy always wants to make you think that you're a weirdo. And that you deal with things that nobody else deals with and to levels that nobody else has ever dealt with. And our great high priest, in fact, in Hebrews, it says your great high priest, Jesus, he said he faced all the same temptations that you faced, yet he did not sin. That, so, so it says, that, so, so then come boldly to the throne of grace. That is good, really good news in the, in the face of temptation that I don't have to be ashamed. Because by the way, temptation isn't a sin. Did you know that? When you're tempted, it's not a sin. 
You can't keep a bird from flying over your hair, but you can keep the bird from building a nest in your hair. Temptation is not sin. It's when we take temptation and we fantasize about it and we mull it around and we, we don't take that thought captive and then we act on it and then we sin. But temptation in and of itself, Jesus, Jesus experienced every temptation we, we, we experience. I like, I like that we serve a God that knows exactly what I'm feeling. I'm glad that we serve a God that knows exactly what I'm going through. That, that he, he faced everything that I faced, yet he did not sin. Every is really big, by the way. So in 33 years, he, a lot of, of things were thrown at him. And there was actually, t- like, isn't that a weird thought? Jesus was tempted. He's like, hmm. There was, there was a temptation. There was, there was a, a point where he had to make a decision. Am I going to follow through on this temptation? Or am I going to run from it? Or am I going to, like when he was in the, in the, uh, um, in the desert and the enemy was tempting him, what did he do? He, he used scripture. He said, well, it's written. It is written. It is written. And so I, I, I love the fact that, see, a lot of times what happens is temptation actually keeps people from God. So they feel, temptation, they feel tempted by something, and it could be something that's just, just like, it's just really awful. Let's just be honest. There's sometimes we have thoughts there's thoughts floating around in the air. I think there's, this is a way bigger conversation than this, but I think there's principalities. I think there's, I think there's, I don't think there are, there's principalities, but I think that there's, there's times when, when we actually have thoughts that don't, that don't originate with us. They just have just straight up demonic thoughts. Have you ever been going out throughout your day and you just have a thought that's like, where the hell, I mean, literally the hell, where the hell did that thought come from? Like, where did that just come from? It came from hell. And so you don't have, you actually don't take ownership of that thought. You say, I take that thought captive in Jesus' name and you, you ponder it no more. Like you're, you're done. In fact, here's the beautiful thing. When we feel temptation to sin, when we feel temptation to, to do the thing that God's asking us not to do, the beautiful thing is what Hebrews says is that we can go into the throne of grace. We can go to the throne of grace, receive his grace, his mercy, his help in time of need. That's a really great thought that, that God's not like irritated. He's like, yeah, I just saw what you were thinking about. And I just don't like that you're thinking about that. No, he's actually inviting us. It's like, come, come to the throne of grace. Come into my presence in that moment of temptation. Come into my tempt- come into my presence in the moment of temptation. And if you go through Heather and I's course, which you all should, um, what we teach is we teach to confess our temptations. James says, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you might be healed, that you might be made whole. There is something so powerful to blow the lid on temptation. If you're feeling tempted in an area, you, you call a brother or sister or, or an accountability partner. And I know that word can be really flimsy because I grew up in a, an environment where the word accountability was really flimsy. It's like, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Good, good, good. And bye-bye. And it's like, let's check in next week. We're all doing good. Or we'd say, we'd say things that were so vague and ambiguous, like, well, you know, I just, it's been a rough week. Well, I'm going through a tough time. What does that mean? We all are. <laughs> like, we're all going through a tough time. Like, yep, the enemy's really coming after me. 
What does that mean? So, so actually saying, hey, hey, Heather, just so you know, I, I had some thoughts today that were contrary, and this, uh, we actually do this, that were contrary to my destiny, to my character, and to who I am. And I want to expose them so that the enemy can get zero foothold in my life. And so once the exposing light of Jesus Christ comes in, guess what it does? It exposes, and you go, oh, that's the enemy. That's yucky. I'm actually not even tempted anymore because I just got into the light. And I was just able to confess my temptations. I'd rather confess temptations all day long than confess sin. Now, should we confess sin? 100%. Absolutely, we should. And that's a whole other message. But we're going to get there. We're going to go there. It says, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. You're like, I was overcome with temptation. No, you weren't. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so you can endure. There's, there's always a way out, friends. There's always a way out. Um, when we're talking about, and I just have, I just have a, couple, a couple minutes left here. When we're talking about sin, and there's, maybe there's a, weak, there's a weak area in your life, maybe, maybe gossip is just like, Gossip was, was a fuel that your family lived off of. You were fueled by gossip. Maybe that's, that's how your parents operated. That's how your family operated is like, we actually don't really talk about ideas. We don't really talk about vision, but we talk about other people. And, and then that's the, that's the fuel that we live off of, which is, which is a really poor quality fuel, by the way. Um, and it's, it's exciting. It's sexy. It's, 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 oh, did you hear about them? Because it kind of makes us feel better, you know. Um, and we minimize kind of the things that we do, but we maximize what other people do. Um, and so that might be an area. It might be um, it might be pornography. It might be oh man, it might be you know. There's, there's, there's so many things. It might be um, you have a propensity where you've come out of where alcohol has controlled your life, which the Bible calls, the actual biblical word for that out of Ephesians is debauchery. It's giving yourself, giving control over to a substance or something. And it's controlled. So maybe it's an addiction. And you, and you keep finding yourself falling into the same thing and going around the mountain. Um, the Lord showed Heather and I, he said, he said, basically let my spirit, my spirit's going to communicate in prayer to you the areas where I want you to put up guardrails in your life. And so a guardrail is really great because a guardrail gives you some margin for the, from the major danger. You know, a guardrail doesn't sit on the side of a cliff and just catch bodies and cars that fall over, right? That's not the job of a guardrail. A guardrail actually, in most cases, you know, some, some places, you know, the guardrail's right up and there's, or there's, or there's no guardrail. Um, but mostly the goal of guardrails is, is that there's margin. And if you were to hit uh, or bump up against the guardrail, you'd be okay. 
How many have ever hit the guardrail before? You don't have to raise your hand. Okay. One, two, three. <laughs> um, and so, so here's the thing. I could give you a list right now of do's and don'ts, and then we would be a real church. I'm just kidding. Um, we'd be a real denomination. No, I could give you a list of do's and don'ts of what to do, what not to do, what, um, you know, here's, here's, here's where to go, where not to go. Uh, here's what to watch. Here's the rating system that you should, but that, that's not my job. That's not what God's called me to do. So in communion with the Holy Spirit, we're asking Holy Spirit, Lord, where would you like me to put guardrails in my life? Where would you like me to put guardrails in my life? And then what, we're, what you're going to do is you're going to take a sober assessment of self because the easiest person to lie to is, is the man in the mirror, is the woman in the mirror. It's the easiest person to lie. Yeah, I'll do, I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll do that. And, and what happens is we start to break our promises to ourselves over and over and over again. And so it just becomes really easy. So with the help of the Holy Spirit, is this helping anybody? Okay, with the help of the Holy Spirit, you're gonna ask, you're gonna ask and say, Holy Spirit, first of all, help me to take a sober assessment of myself and not lie to myself. Because when I, if I know, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's ice cream. I'm not kidding. The, the Lord, the Lord's actually spoke to me one time and said, I don't want you to drink soda for a year. So I said, Heather, I'm going to do this. You're in it with me. <laughs> and we didn't drink soda for a year or actually 18 months. It was awesome. I don't know why the Lord hadn't asked us to do that, but he did. So, so guess what we, guess what a guardrail was in that season? We didn't buy soda. How dumb would that be? Yet we do that with, like, like, oh man, I'm really struggling with watching, uh, with watching, um, you know, inappropriate things on on TV. But I have every single subscription there is to every single movie channel and Netflix and all of the things. And it's literally like, and, and, and I, again, I'm not saying don't have those. I'm saying let the Holy Spirit show you. Let the Holy Spirit show you where he wants guardrails. You know, what a guardrail, a guardrail that, that, has, that has happened with me and is happening with me is, to be honest with you, social media, it, it is wanting to kill you. Just FYI. Sorry, I just spit on you, Connor. Um, social media is wanting to kill you. It's wanting to, to destroy you. It's also, it's also a wonderful vehicle for reaching people and, and the gospel of Jesus Christ. So it's like we have to have a lot of wisdom with it. Somebody said, amen. And, and wait till our kids are 19 years old to buy them phones. And somebody said, amen. Okay. Um, but, you know, a guardrail might be that you don't click on the search engine in a social media app because it's literally trying to suck you in to something perverse. Like there are algorithms to try to attract your eyes to try to take you somewhere. And they know, like dudes, they know you're a male. And they know that, that there is sexual desire and it is actually good. God actually gave it to us. So we don't, we don't rebuke sexual desire. 
said, Lord, I just pray that I would not have this. No, it's actually good because God gave it to us. But we ask the Holy Spirit and he gives us guardrails. And what's beautiful about guardrails is this, is that it gives a language to me and to my wife and to people that I'm in accountability with and said, hey, this week or today, I bumped up against a guardrail and we know exactly what we're talking about. I bumped up against this guardrail in my life. I bumped up against this guardrail in my life. And I want to let you know that I don't, I don't want temptation. I don't want the desires that are inside of me to take me to a place where I start to live in sin. Who's with me? And so, so listen, church, we can defeat temptation. here's what it's going to be. It's not going to be by our own works. It's not going to be in our own strength. It's going to be us spending time with the Holy Spirit, letting the word of God tend our heart, and then letting him show us in what season, what is allowed, what he would have us do and what he would have us not do. I could just easily say, nobody can drink this or nobody could eat this in this church. What I'd rather say is ask the Holy Spirit what he would have you to do. If there's a check in your spirit for a season about something, then follow the check in your spirit because you know why? It's for your good, it's for your growth, it's for that crown of life that we want to receive, amen? It's it's for blessing. You know, there's, and I'm ending, and I'm gonna pray, and we're gonna end. In fact, let's stand, because we gotta, we gotta turn this baby around. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So we're asking the Holy Spirit. Because I grew up in a culture where, where we just had hard and fast rules. And I didn't, didn't really have to grapple with anything. I was like, well, that's bad. This is good. That's bad. Those people that do that are bad. Those people that do this are good. Good, bad, good, bad, get bad, good, good, bad. And, and we don't watch rated R movies, but oh, Passion of the Christ? Nope, can't watch it. It's rated R. But it's Passion of the Christ. Yeah, but it's rated R. So allowing the Holy Spirit to say, here's, here's where I want those guardrails. Here's what I don't you want, want you even getting close to. And then we want to practice James chapter five. I'm going to read it really quick. Are you with me? And we're, I mean, we're just touching the surface on this. We're just touching the surface on this. James chapter 5, verse 16. It says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. You know, he, he is made strong in our weakness. So Father, we thank you. God, I thank you this morning that you... You're not tempting anyone in this room. But we're, we're tempted when we're drawn away by our own desires and enticed. Father, we're drawn away when we sow to the flesh. God, we're drawn away when we don't live in community. We're drawn away when we leave things in the dark. But Father, I just thank you that you've given us a way of escape. Lord, I thank you that Jesus 
experienced every single temptation that we experienced, yet he did not sin. God, I thank you that you, your word says that you make a way of escape. And Father, I thank you that we're going to bring things into the light, even at the temptation level, knowing God that you're, you want us to run from anything, 2 Timothy 2.22, that, that stimulates youthful lust. You want us to run far from it. And I thank you, God, that you're giving us the desire and the power to do what pleases you. And I pray right now in Jesus' name for those that have been going around Mount Sinai over and over again when it comes to temptation and sin patterns. Father, I thank you right now for releasing people into freedom. I thank you for freedom in Jesus' name. You know, we've been going through deliverance. There's a sozos. There's all these uh, counseling, all the things that we have at the collective church. But I'm just telling you, Practically, there, there is something so powerful about allowing the Holy Spirit to dictate our life, allowing the Holy Spirit to set up guardrails and places in our life where he said, where he says, Ben, I don't want you even going close to this area. Well, what about them, Lord? It doesn't matter what they're doing. This is about you. But Lord, can I judge them? Can I get on my soapbox? And t- nope, you can't do that because that's actually sin too. But here's, here's, here's the guardrail that I'm going to have for you. And you're going to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. And when you get close to that guardrail, you're going to bring it into the light so that I can heal that area. And so that it does not manifest into sin and bring forth a harvest of death. So Father, I just, I thank you right now. Every hand, every hand up, every hand up. I, I, I pray you would strengthen your people. I pray that every ounce of fear and doubt and condemnation and shame would be lifted off of the people of God right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for community. Lord, I pray that everyone who's scared of community, the fear of of community would be broken off of this church in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for grace. I thank you that the Spirit of God is leading us into all truth. It's leading us into all truth. And Father, I thank you that you're giving us a way of a escape. In Jesus' name, Lord, I pray that your spirit and your word would wash over our hearts this week and it would tend the garden of our hearts so that the seeds of righteousness, the seeds of the fruit of the spirit would be able to grow and to flourish in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that in six months, pray with me, I pray in six months, we would look back and say, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord, there is victory in Jesus. There is victory over sin and temptation. There is victory. So we break off every generational curse right now. Every generational curse. We thank you for freedom in Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Collective Church Podcast. To find out more, visit thecollectivechurch.com.